0: This is Fikim here with Zach Rizzuto. We are going to get it popping. Week six. Uh, it's Friday. What a what a weird game last night, dude. What mm. a weird game. Just want to say we're going to go over our wide receiver rankings. We're going to go over, over our tight end rankings. We're going to go over Thursday night football. That's what we're doing on this episode. All right. Take it away, yeah. Zach.
1: You thought it couldn't get worse than last week between the Colts and the Broncos. Well, it, it just did. You know, granted, it was a, there was a touchdown scored you know was it two touchdowns yeah two touchdowns scored but the score looked very much the same um as last week two 12 point winners in a row Thursday night football just disgusting really sloppy game actually you know for fantasy it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be at least we had a couple people that kind of showed up you know the guys that we started a couple of the guys that you, you probably started showed up a couple of the guys that you probably started did not show up and a couple of guys that nobody had on their roster showed up, <clears throat> Dante Pettis, out of nowhere. But um, and
0: Darnell Mooney was on everyone's bench,
1: yeah, as as he should have been. And it wasn't some fantastic outing, but by the standard of this season, you know, Darnell Mooney, you know, that was like big time for him. <laughs> twelve targets, twelve right. targets for
0: Darnell Mooney. Justin Fields threw the ball twenty seven times. Whoa, he was averaging less than eighteen pass attempts per game. Coming into this game, and he ends up throwing the ball more on Thursday night football. Like, I thought he was gonna throw the ball like nine times in this game. Yeah, he rushed for 88 yards too. And guess who started him last night against me?
1: Oh, yeah, that was me. Yeah, (laughs) that was worse. And of course, Uh,
0: yeah, he had to come through with his best fantasy day. Of course, who who else did you start? Who, Who else did you start against me, Zach?
1: Oh, I, I, in your, in your week
0: of, in your week of
1: desperation, please. Oh yes. My week of complete desperation. I have Brian Robinson as my, RB. not get this, not my RB two, not my flex, my RB one this week, (laughs) Brian Robinson (laughs) caps it with a nice touchdown at the end of the game to salvage the day, 12 points and ended up being an all right evening for my team. It was was great. Oh my God. It opened up much better. It could have gone much worse. I I think this was best best case scenario for my team. I got 31 points combined from two players in a game that only had 19 points. Was it 19 points scored? Yeah, total. Yeah. So (laughs) 17
0: carries, 17 carries, 60 yards and a touchdown for Brian Robinson. Um, If you have him, you know it's it's a good sign that he's like moving forward and taking this job over, basically. Yeah. Now, like from a football perspective, like he doesn't look great. And I kind of still don't understand why he's playing over Antonio Gibson, maybe because of the fumbling. I have no idea. I still think Antonio Gibson's the better player. Um, So I, I don't really see, I don't know what they're seeing in Brian Robinson where they're like kind of forcing him the ball here. Um At, at this point, you know, you, you got to don't, I wouldn't assume that he's an RB two next week or low in RB two. Like I think he's still a flex play just because he only played on 47% of snaps uh, he ended up seeing a carry on sixty-three percent of his snaps, which is uh, a little bit unsustainable. It means like whenever he was on the field, they're like pretty much going to give him the ball. Um, yeah, which probably won't happen in most games. Like they did choose to run the ball a lot. Like Carson Wentz seemed like he was banged up; he couldn't get anything going. Uh, he only, th- I think he threw the, I think he had less than hundred yards passing yeah, <laughs> in this game. I think it was yeah, ninety-nine yards passing <laughs> in this game. So like they-, they didn't throw the ball a lot. And uh, they just chose to run the ball a ton because they knew that the Bears weren't going to score that much. Um, right. Justin yeah, Fields Bears... did have a couple of other opportunities to score in this game. You know, he kind of overthrew uh, a really, really slow tight end. And <laughs> yeah. uh, he and he ended up, uh, you know, he ended up giving it to Darnell Mooney at the end of the game. And Mooney couldn't really hold on to it uh, in the end zone. Uh, and that would have been another yeah. touchdown for him. And he would have won the game. But that, that did not happen.
1: Yeah, that would have put him at twenty-three points, which you know, I actually yeah, I'm sure you I'm sure you already did those calculations. <laughs> oh yeah, I did the calculation hundred percent. But um no, I, I had already uh went to sleep at that point, you know. So I went I went to sleep just after the four yard touchdown by Justin Fields. It's like, all right, you know what, if I close my eyes and I wake up, maybe he'll have thirty points. <laughs> you know? So that that was my hope. Um, I don't know if you saw that uh was a points bet actually cashed out under bets at halftime. Because I saw that. The game I saw that. was so slow. So it's like I was hoping there would be a nice, you know, change. You know, just just to make points bet sweat a little bit. with having points bet, but wa- <laughs> points
0: bet also wanted to go to sleep. They were just like, yeah. can we just do this now? It was yeah, like right. a guy sitting on his computer cashing out all the bets, and he's just like, all right, well, can I just do this now? I just want to go to bed. You know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right, that's enough about that game. You guys had to watch that game, and now you had to listen to a review of that game. All right, I think I think we're done. I'd,
1: there. I'd argue the review was much more entertaining. You know, I would say had, so, unless you had Justin Fields and Brian Robinson as your starters this week, yeah.
0: And if you had Curtis Samuel,
1: <laughs> like me, uh, um, wasn't you know, really just, a great day. Just one more note on that, you know, Curtis Samuel really came through drop, dropping that 35 yard touchdown. I mean, it hit him right in the hands. Carson Wentz, you know, he didn't throw much, but maybe that's why, um, you know, the receivers actually, Curtis Samuel had a couple drops, uh, he had at least two that I saw, um, both in the first half, both would have been nice gains. Uh, really bailed me out so far to give me a shot this week. I mean, I'm still <laughs> – I had a decent night anyway, and I'm still, what, favored to lose the game. Um, So that's never good. But, you know, Curtis Samuel, you know, he got the targets. He just didn't do anything with them. It's unfortunate. And
0: it's also unfortunate that Terry McLaurin couldn't have come through as well. And But that's what we've been seeing all season long. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into some news. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he's still in the concussion protocol. I, I imagine – there's a chance he can play, but it doesn't seem super positive right now. Um, you know, I'm still playing Tyreek Kill. I'm still playing Jalen Waddle. You know, hoping that they can have some production. But like, it's gonna be hard for me to put those guys on my bench despite the quarterback issues that they're having. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, right. like I'm, I'm happy. Um, but if it's not, you know, if it's what, who is it, Skyler
1: Thompson? Skylar Thompson,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, he tell you, was... you all you need to know. He was lighting it up a little bit in the preseason. You know, they were playing. He actually didn't look that bad. But granted, that was against, you know, preseason defenses and that. Um, he didn't look very good last week against the Jets defense. I I don't envision that getting any better, you know, in the future. At least not this season. Um, you just got to hope for Teddy Bridgewater and um, Tua to be back. One of those two, at least. And like I said earlier this week, you know, it could be rough riding for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So keep an eye on how they do this weekend because they might be by lows and people tend to get, they get a little disenchanted with the way they perform these yeah. next, this next week. Es- and maybe even the especially
0: Especially Jalen Waddle, because yeah. if he doesn't have a good game this week, that, that's like a, like a string of games where he's mm-hmm. underperformed, where he just went apeshit, you know, in the first couple of weeks. And then after that, you know, there wasn't much on the stat sheet. So um, you definitely wouldn't want to buy him low if that's the case. Now, Uh, it's possible that Wondell Robinson is back this week for the giants. He's been limited in practice all week. So if he's available on your waiver wire and you could use some wide receiver help, I would add him like he's a prospective ad. I wouldn't necessarily play him um, because you want to see what that snap count looks like and whether he'll re aggravate whatever injury he had. Um, You know, he's all the giants have at this point, you know, and he's a second round pick. They had big plans for him coming into the year, but he ended up having that injury that hasn't allowed him to play at all. Um, So, with the Giants having no receivers, he can come right in and get a bunch of targets. So, somebody that you could potentially add, on, you know, on waivers before Sunday.
1: Yeah, and we talked about Wando a lot this offseason, and there's not really much else to say, like besides what you said. You know, we have to see how the target share and splits going to work out um, within in the Giants' offense. They haven't been very pass heavy; they've been Saquon heavy, and that's about it. You know, you don't really want to be starting yep. many uh, Giants receivers, especially now. You know, Sterling Shepard was the guy you know, to start, if you're going to start anybody, it was him. He was the target share guy getting it, but um, he's down and out for the season. So at this point, you know, I see David still sitting on a bunch of waiver wires thinking, oh, maybe I'll pick him up. I was actually thinking about taking him this week because my bench has a couple openings and I just can't bring myself to do it. They don't throw it enough. And Daniel Jones, I don't trust him as a passer to produce too many fancy relevant finishes um, for pass catchers there. I think you should do it. Yeah. That's just my opinion.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, Michael Thomas <laughs> is not practicing yet. Uh Jarvis Landry is not practicing yet. Uh Chris Olave has a chance to play. You know, he's making good strides in the concussion protocol. So uh there's a there's a chance that he, he he does play. We mentioned that he doesn't really have much of a concussion history, so it is possible. He did join a limited practice on Thursday. And on Friday, if he gets upgraded, you know, that'll be that'll be awesome and he will end up playing. Uh, if he does play, he should be in your lineups. Um, it also looks like James Conner is going to miss this week. Dal Williams is already out. Eno Benjamin is going to be a great play. Um yeah. and and that report of James Conner being out is from Aaron Wilson, NFL Insider and so it looks like he is going to be out this week. Raheem Mostert, he said he's fine. Uh he, we mentioned yesterday in yesterday's podcast that he didn't practice on Wednesday. He's back at practice. Uh he was back at practice yesterday on Thursday, so he should be good to go. So I would start him as a solid RB2. Two guys right. that are back in practice, Jonathan Taylor and Kyle Pitts. Um, they should they both should be good to go this week. Jonathan Taylor's in your lineup. Kyle Pitts is it's up to you. It's up to you what you, what you want to do with Kyle Pitts. He could be in your lineup or not. Doesn't matter. Same points. Um yep. All right. So Same let's point. move on.
1: <laughs> let's yeah, move just realized, on. To, you just had to slide that one in there. I, I see what I you're had doing.
0: To, I had to. I had to. Yeah. 100%. Let's move on to a wide receiver rankings, man. Let's do it. Let's do it What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill, FX's
1: clipped, streaming June fourth, only on Hulu.
0: We got Cooper Cup here at number one. The Panthers, they, you know, they run some of the most zone coverage in the league. And, and finding that zone is Cup's specialty. Uh that also helps. It also helps that Miles Hartfield and the Panthers have given up the fifth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Not that it matters for Cooper Cup, but figured I'd, you know. You already starting them, but you know, you want to hear something about Cooper Cup sometimes. I get it. Uh, yeah. Stefan Diggs, he can go off this week against Kansas City in a shootout. The Chiefs have already given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. So, obviously, good for him. Also, good for G- Gabe Davis, another yeah. guy that you have going up against me this week. This is gonna, yeah. I'm just trying to make, I'm just trying to like build up the drama for this matchup this week, as you oh, can yeah. see. Uh, and, and you know, <laughs> everyone's gonna want to know what happens. You know, oh, and, yeah. I have, you a know, what, we're
1: headed for an uh, an ugly finish on my end, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see.
0: Uh, we have Justin Jefferson here at three Xavier Howard. He did come back to a limited practice on Thursday. He ended up leaving. I think he left last week's game in the middle of the game with that groin. Um, But it's possible that he does play this week, you know, but he is dealing with that groin injury. Either way, Justin Jefferson's in your lineup at four. We have Marquise Brown. He made a little bit of a jump here. Um, he got it done in a tough matchup against Philly last week, which showed me a lot. To be honest with you, like he was matched up with Darius Slay a ton. and the fact that he was able to do what he did last week, all right, Marquise Brown, you the man. Um, he's the overall fantasy wide receiver six right now. You got to assume he continues to get it done in, in what should be a high scoring matchup uh, against Seattle.
1: Yeah, and we and we talked about you know Marquise Brown kind of being that that guy, <laughs> and we talked about it at length. Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday or the day before, but um. Marquise Brown, definitely, you know, a start. I have him probably as a top five, too, especially with a bunch of guys out on by, you know, Amon Saint Brown's out on by, Devontae Adams Mm -hmm. out on by, you know, that might be, it might seem like he's a little bit high this week, but that's because, you know, there's a bunch of guys ahead of him that are out. I, I like Marquise Brown against Seattle. We've talked about this matchup and how it has a chance to produce a bunch of points on yesterday's episode, um, this one's pretty easy for me. You know, the target share that he's getting and the production that he's putting up, and like you said, against quality competition and guys like Darius Slay and even James Bradbury a little bit, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, Marquise Brown, he, he's definitely someone to watch. And, you know, you're very happy if you drafted him because he's returning on investment big time. I wouldn't be too worried either, it's worth noting, um, about DeAndre Hopkins coming back. You know, he's going to be no. a big part of this offense regardless of who's lined up opposite him in, in, on at the line of scrimmage.
0: I saw a really interesting take uh, from Adam Levitan uh, and Evan Silva on, yeah, you know, they're on the established to run podcast and, and they run that whole show there. They're great, by the way, um, definitely recommend their podcast. Um, they mentioned that, you know, like this might be a good time to sell Deandre Hopkins. Like, even though yeah. that you've been holding him this entire time, there's a lot of anticipation for, you know, for his return. And when people need a wide receiver, they assume that they're going to get like this high end wide receiver one or something like that, you know, when mm-hmm. he does return. And it's like, all right, well, why not take advantage of that anticipation uh, and maybe get some more value than you would have rather than just playing DeAndre Hopkins? Because it's very possible that Hopkins is just like a wide receiver too, right? And, um, you know, especially with Marquise Brown there. And, like, is there a chance that Marquise Brown ends up out-targeting DeAndre Hopkins in some games? I think there's a chance.
1: You know, when you look at it at the end of
0: the season – Look at the end when you when you fast forward to the end of the season and you look at the numbers and you're like, oh, Hollywood Brown had a higher target share than DeAndre Hopkins this year when they played together. Like, I wouldn't be surprised with that either because DeAndre Hopkins was not a high target share player last year. Yeah. Right. So, you know, something to think about. Something to think about. It's a very interesting points made by those guys. Um, yeah.
1: Of course, you know, at this point, it's speculation. You know, we're still waiting on Hopkins to return, but I think it's hard to say that you know, DeAndre Hopkins coming back after missing the first six games is going to, you know, just immediately supplant Marquise Brown as wide receiver one. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Marquise Brown continues to have, you know, the wide receiver one share of the work um, for a few weeks. And I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if it kind of continues throughout the rest of the season. Um, I'm not saying that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be relegated to, you know, an an insignificant role, but I think both of them are good enough. I think Marquise Brown has shown enough and that he's good enough um, not that there were questions about it before that he's going to be a f- part of any offense and that he's capable of being the, w- being the wide receiver one on an offense, even with Andre Hopkins, you know, there. Yeah.
0: And he's done it on two teams at this point. You know, he's proved that yeah. to be the number one on ba- in Baltimore and he's doing it here too. Mike Evans at number five, uh, he's going up against a Pittsburgh defense, giving up the f- most fantasy points to wide receivers, the second most to perimeter wide receivers, And the Bills showed us what's possible last week. Uh, But it was happening before they went to Buffalo, to be honest with you. Like Jamar Chase, Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Jacoby Myers, Amari Cooper, Corey Davis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like all these guys had big games against the Steelers. So Mike Evans is going to blow it up this week.
1: absolutely and this is one of the easiest starts of the week it's not it's not like someone's like oh yeah this one's a slam dunk start um you're pretty much putting mike evans in your lineup every week it's not like you're gonna have a question about that but this one you know it just screams perfect fantasy situation i mean tom brady's gonna tear up the pittsburgh secondary just like every other quarterback has if zach wilson can do it and no no shade at zach wilson zach wilson could do it imagine what tom brady's gonna do with mike evans and even chris godwin
0: yeah man I mean, you would never, you could never throw shade at Zach Wilson, man. Like we, we got to get some memes up with you and Zach Wilson, dude. We got to do, we got to, somebody do something, please. Like, you know, if you listen to this, if you watch this on YouTube, please, like let's get Zach and Zach Wilson. Let's get like some sort of meme going with these two faces let's, somewhere, somehow. Like I'm not good at this stuff, but like, I know, I know someone will.
1: Let, let's get Zach Wilson on the show. How about that? The podcast. We'll that, 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 that,
0: that works too. That works too. Yeah, but, uh, but like I'm just curious if someone puts Zach like this Zach, Zach Wizzuto, in like on Zach Wilson's body, like with a Jets uniform. Will anyone can anyone tell the difference? Like I just I really do, know.
1: You, are you saying I look like Zach Wilson? I don't see it at all. Yes, you definitely
0: nah. look like Zach Wilson. All
1: right, we gotta put up like a poll on your Instagram story or something. <laughs> we
0: will we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> First of all, uh, someone needs to do this. So just send me, a, you know, a, a like a like a picture of Zach on Zach Wilson's uniform body. And then we'll just post, be like, "Hey, can you guys tell the difference? Yes or no?" All right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I, I'm not. I don't think you're a big fan of that topic. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. You know, it's fine.
1: I don't, I just personally don't see it, but that's that's just me.
0: That would be hilarious. It would be hilarious if people were just like, "Yeah, it looks exactly like him." You're like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I got Tyreek Hill at six here. Um, he's dealing with a foot injury, but he should play. Uh, we'll see who ends up playing quarterback for them this week. Uh, but either way, I think you know. Hill can get it done with any quarterback. He got it done with Alex Smith, for God's sakes. Um, yeah. But I'm not overthinking it. When it comes to whether he's in my lineup or not, You know, we saw that he was able to be just fine with Teddy. You know, The hope is that Teddy can progress. That might be wishful thinking at this point. But either way, he'll be in your lineup. Um, Hill is followed by A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, at number eight. C.D. should avoid Darius Slay on most of his routes, uh, given that he's been running out of the slot a ton since Michael Gallup has been back. Um, and Slay has only like a handful, less than a handful of snaps defending the slot this year. He's going to stay on the perimeter. So he's going to be uh, CD lamb is going to be able to run a ton of routes, uh, not in, in, um, Darius Slay's coverage. So that spells, that sounds like, uh, that he can have a pretty good game this year.
1: Yeah. I feel like it this has week. To I mean, be. I'm sorry. Yeah. This, this year. week.
0: Sorry. Yeah. This, year. this, this, this oh, no. year too. This year too. I mean, he is yeah, yeah, yeah. leading the NFL with 34% target share. And 82% weighted opportunities, number one in the NFL. So, hey, pretty good this year
1: yeah, as well. <laughs> definitely. Well, you know, CD Lam, you know, a lot of people are going to point at the Cowboys and be like, well, they're running the ball a lot. And it's true that they are. They did that a lot uh, last week against the Rams. But that's mainly because they didn't have to do any really offensive production at all. They went up from literally the third play. They got a defensive touchdown. And they just sat back and let the defense do their thing, ran the ball and shoot the, cl- the clock out the rest of the game. We've seen Cooper Rush. He can throw the ball, and when he does throw the ball, he targets CeeDee Lamb a lot. Even with, um, you know, the Cowboys being run heavy last week, C.D. Lamb still got uh, a pretty decent amount of targets. So I think this this one's gonna be a little bit closer. There's gonna be a little bit more scoring done. I think Dallas is gonna have to rely on its offense a little bit more because Dallas' defense is good, but the Eagles' offense is also very good. So I, I like seven and eight. A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb back to back, um, you know, rankings wise, and also just because they're they're you know they're right next to each other is the matchup, but um. I, I don't think there's any reason to, to think that C.D. Lamb can't have a good game here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you got double-digit targets again, um, especially if Dallas has to keep up. And yeah. they would happen to get down.
0: Exactly, exactly. I mean, Philly is favored in this game, and you know Dallas can be at like last week, last week. They didn't have to run any pass plays at all, right? Like they yeah. basically they they had played very good defense against an inferior team, um, and then just ran the ball. That's all they had to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cooper Rush didn't have to run a whole lot. I'm, I'm sorry, have to pass a whole lot. But CD Lamb still ended up with a. I think he ended up with a 30 plus target share, if I'm not mistaken, even last week.
1: Yeah, granted, that, that was one... you know it might be it might look a little inflated because he only threw 16 passes. I think it exactly. was. So exactly. it might seem a little bit inflated, but still, when the ball is coming out, it's going CD Lamb's way. It's worth noting.
0: Tal Lockett is at number nine here. I have DK at 10. Uh, Lockett is the overall fantasy wide receiver eight right now okay he's balling um especially over the last three weeks you got to play him as a wide receiver one right now meaning he has to be in your lineup um, the number yeah. two wide receivers have been doing their thing against Arizona this year and this over under this week is set at 15 and a half so he did pop up on in the injury report with a hamstring um, and was limited on Thursday so keep an eye on that uh and his practice status today like hopefully he didn't tweak something in practice because that would suck um, yeah. but it's possible that maybe he just had a little bit of rest. Who knows? But keep an eye on his fighter practice status for sure.
1: Yeah, and uh, I have a question for you. If Tyler Lockett doesn't go, how much of a boost does DK Metcalf get?
0: I think it becomes a little tougher for DK Metcalf to be honest with you. Like you know, it, it, Oh, he's going it, we've down. Seen, <laughs> we have seen this. I don't know if he's going down. Like I'll leave him here. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably bump him up to number nine. But you know, <laughs> it, it's like it. It's tough because in one situation, like oh, he's going to get all the targets, and then and. In, in, in another situation, you're like, well, that just means that just makes things easier for Arizona to be able to double him on more yeah. plays. You know, when you have Tal Lockett on the other side, you know, the defense has to pick their poison. And Geno Smith has been finding the open guy, right? At, you know, yeah. over the past several weeks. So, you know, now if, if Arizona, Arizona has already been good at taking away the number one wide receiver. So if Tal Lockett is not on the field, then that might not be a great game for DK Metcalf. He's still gonna be in my lineup. But yeah, you know, I'm not overly optimistic for him to just blow up.
1: Yeah, just ask AJ Brown last week how things exactly. went. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. And and who ended up doing doing well? Devontae Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Devontae Smith had ten targets. In that and game.
1: Dallas Goddard. You know. So
0: yes, exactly. If
1: if, you, if you're looking at you know tight ends, they, they allow a, a lot of points to tight ends. Maybe Will Disley becomes somebody you want to start. Um, there I don't think he's a, top, I don't think he's a top ten tight end this week. But you know, in a pinch, that's if Tyler Lockett's out. I think. But um, right. obviously, that changes with Tyler Lockett playing. But this is all just speculative. If, if anything would happen with Tyler Lockett, hopefully he plays.
0: And plus, like, you know, anybody catching the ball from Geno Smith, you know, you, know, you want him in your lineup.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and who would have thought we'd be saying that? You know? <laughs> not, 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 not only are we saying that this season, but we're saying it this far in the season. We're heading into week six, and Geno Smith is looking like one of the premier um, quarterbacks as of so far. Um this season. I like it's one thing if you're coming out, and you're saying after week one, oh yeah, man, Geno Smith looked good. Maybe there's something there. No, this has been six weeks. He's looking pretty good. Pretty unbelievable, if you ask me. Yeah, man.
0: All right. Let's move on to number eleven here. Jamar Chase. Uh, potential shadow situation here with Marshawn Lattimore. Um, but the saints haven't been amazing, uh, defending perimeter wide receivers. Anyway, they've given up the fifth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. And we saw what Seattle was able to do against them last week. So let's hope that Jamar can get to his ways this week. Uh, T Higgins is banged up still. He hasn't practiced yet. Um, I have him somewhere. I have it looks like I have him outside the top 20 and that's because of the injury. Right. Yeah. Last week it seems like T. Higgins uh did end up um, aggravating that ankle injury, which is why he only played a handful of snaps. So that sucked because a lot of people had him in the lineups so depend- yeah. and was the- dependent and were depending on him to play and put up some points. Um, but either way, Jamar Chase, you know, he I have him all the way down to eleven now, man. This is the lowest he's been all season long. He hasn't been on this second page all, all season long. But at this point, right. You know, he hasn't – this offense hasn't been clicking and he hasn't been putting up these big fantasy days. Um, He's had a solid floor, but we thought the floor was going to be a lot higher.
1: Well, the thing about Jamar Chase is that the underlying usage is still there. You know, it's not like it's Definitely. going away. They're throwing him the ball. He's just been not as efficient, you know, as he was last season or as explosive maybe. Um, that could be due to a variety of things. You know, I mean, T. Higgins wasn't there last week or hardly there last week, and he still didn't, you know, have a fantastic game. I'm looking at his yards per cash has gone way down from last season to this season. And and, and look, we've talked about how the Bengals offense just does not look the same as it did last season. Um they're obviously in a bit of a slump right now, sitting at two and three. Um that could easily turn around. This is still the same team, you know, on paper that we saw last season with arguably a better offensive line, but that hasn't necessarily been the case. Um, we talked about by low this week. You know, Jamar Chase, I feel like is a guy that you can go for. I mean I agree. He,
0: I mean he's still he's, he's still getting 28% target share on the season, 35% air yards on the season. Um it's still it's, looking the on un- underlying metrics are still looking good.
1: Yeah, and it's not even you don't have to look far, like just look at his targets. You know how they give you the stats in sleeper, that big block that shows all the numbers right there. Like he's only had one game of six targets. Every every other game, he's had nine plus. He had, he topped out at sixteen in week one, and that's when he went off against Pittsburgh. Um, I I don't see how you know it doesn't really make sense how he's producing underproducing so badly i think this is going to even out the and we talk about it all the time or at least i talk about it all the time underlying usage will eventually translate to production it's got to happen at some point he's had with three straight 12 point performances if if i'm yeah, right yeah
0: you know what i mean you know you think about it and how he produced last year right and it was really a lot of over the top stuff yeah. right and you know have we seen him be a guy to be a volume monster on the intermediate routes. Not really, you know, yeah. not yet, you know. So that's something that you know we haven't seen yet from Jamar Chase, and that's something that I, uh, you know, I-, I would love to see more of in his game because, you know, these a lot of these teams are playing, you know, too too, you know, shell coverage. They're playing too high, and if they're doing that, then you know they're kind of taking away that 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 deep bomb, right? And we haven't seen much of that <laughs> this year. Like that's all we were seeing last year. Uh, right. Between between these two guys, right between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, so we haven't seen it much this year. Uh, hopefully, we end up seeing it at some point. But they got to figure it out. They got to be more creative. They got to put Jamar Chase in the slot a little bit. They got to move him around. They got to do more with Jamar Chase. And honestly, any sort of underproduction from Jamar Chase is you got to put that squarely on their head coach Zach Taylor's uh, hands. You know, he has to come up with something to scheme him up.
1: Yeah. yeah. Bottom line.
0: Anyway, moving on. Cortland Sutton. Another he guy with a bad ex- head coach. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, honestly, they have schemed Cortland Sutton up better than Jamar Chase. Honestly, like if, if I'm looking at it, like dave schemed him up way better. Um, and he's been extremely consistent this year. He hasn't yeah. let you down once. He's at 12 here in my rankings, and he also happens to be the wide receiver 12 on the year.
1: Hmm. So some, we we must be doing something right. <laughs> yeah. know, um, I I like Cortland Sutton definitely 100 the way that he's been playing he hasn't left yet he hasn't left you out to dry at all this whole season like you said um i think he, he has a pretty good matchup against the chargers it is prime time and we've seen that the broncos have kind of struggled a little bit you know and by a little bit yep. we mean a lot but the offense hasn't looked the same but the one constant you know is russell wilson continues to look for Cortland sutton if you watch the game was it, i think it was against the colts he was russell wilson they might not necessarily go down his targets um a couple uh, plays where he was targeting Cortland Sutton, if I remember, were called back by penalty, and then a couple of them he was just like super errant on, which I don't even know yep. if it registers as a target when he's super errant. But he's throwing deep, he's throwing often to Cortland Sutton. There's all the kinds of all kinds of underlying usage that we'd like to see for Cortland Sutton. We just need to see the production get there. Um, I, I like I like Cortland Sutton. I've liked him this whole season. I know a bunch of people in the fantasy community were hoping for a little bit better from him, but at least he's not you know a dud for a week in and week out. Like other receivers, he might not be reaching his ceiling, but he's definitely not screwing your team over on a weekly basis.
0: He hasn't reached his ceiling yet, which is a good thing, honestly. I mean, yeah. this offense looked like comp- looks like complete crap over the first several <laughs> weeks of the season, and he's still producing, which is great. Right. That's what you want to see because he's good. He's a good player. Um, definitely. We we have we have Debo here at thirteen, Jalen Waddle at fourteen. Uh, good matchup for him, but we're just hoping that you know. The quarterback can find them. Um yeah. Chris Olave here at 15, assuming that he can clear concussion protocol. Amar, Amari Cooper at 16, followed by Christian Kirk. The Jags already went up against Indy, and Kirk came through catching all six of his targets for 78 yards and two touchdowns. Uh yeah. Indy has been relatively stout against the wide receivers. Um, you know, only a couple of wide receivers were able to do this thing. Christian Kirk being one of them, uh Cortland Sutton being another. Uh, but we'll see if we can do it again.
1: Yeah, I think Christian Kirk has it in him. It's uh, For me, it's not a question about Christian Kirk. It's a question about Trevor Lawrence, and I've talked about this at length many times. Trevor Lawrence looked much better in week two than he has in these past few weeks. Since that week two performance, he's really kind of just fallen off a cliff um, with his turnover making. He's, he's causing a lot of turnovers himself, and that's really hurting the Jags offense as a whole. Um, maybe they can get right back on the horse, you know, uh, start throwing a Christian Kirk again like they did against Indianapolis and have a good game again, to get back on track. Um, I wouldn't put it past them. You know, that the Jaguars defense was able to fluster Matt Ryan a little bit um, in that week two matchup, which resulted in more opportunities for the Jaguars offense to get back on the field. Um, this, is, this seems like an optimal spot for a get-right game.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, last week the Texans really switched things up defensively against the Jaguars, uh, which probably confused the shit out of Trevor Lawrence and his preparation because – Coming into that game, they were playing zone. The Colts were playing zone. On, I'm sorry, the Texans were playing zone of 40% of plays uh, the three weeks prior to that game. And then they went almost 100% zone last week against Trevor Lawrence. So, you yeah. know, the like he probably was like, yo, what is this? Right. This is not what I prepared for all week. You're preparing for one thing. Right. And yeah. for them to play a certain way. And then all of a sudden the Colts were like, I mean, the Texans were like, nope, this is how we're going to play. And then, you know, he got flushed and it made sense. You know, he didn't look good at all. He w- looked confused out there. Um, so they really kind of switched things up on him. And that's probably why he didn't have a good game. Um, but, you know, the Colts, you know, they're a little bit more consistent. So hopefully this in terms of like what they've been playing every single week in terms of zone. Uh, so hopefully this week he can bounce back. Uh, but, you know, still a tough matchup overall for wide receivers so far.
1: Yeah. Definitely. And before moving on, we, yeah, go ahead. Before we move on. Go you ahead. know, you, you kind of we kind of just glossed over Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, and Mark Cooper. Amari Cooper's yes, a guy, yes. just a stat that I saw, and that's notable to me. Um, it's kind of an issue that's followed Mark Cooper around anywhere he's gone. Um, at home, he averages 22 points a game. Away, he averaged three points a game. Um, he has a tough matchup in New England coming in. Um, I'm interested to see how that plays out because he is at home, and obviously there's not too much weight carried with that statistic, but it is, like I said, worth noting. Um that's been the one way we could kind of explain his up and down production. I, I think that Amari Cooper's a good start this week. I just, you know, I would temper expectations a little bit um, with New England coming to town. That's just one thing.
0: I mean, maybe he has to feel all warm and fuzzy inside in order for him to play well. You know, maybe that's yeah. what it is. Like he has to like be able to like smell like home home cooked meal or something like that. Like he has to, you know,
1: <laughs> see Brownie you know, the Elf kiss- at midfield.
0: <laughs> he has to give a hug and kiss to his loved ones, you know, like before the game and stuff. And if they're not there, maybe he just doesn't feel as good. Um, right. But, you know, last week, Josh Reynolds, 6 for 92, right? Um, mm-hmm. The week before, Romeo does 5 for 47. Then the touchdown Alex team, um, you know, there, so, you know, there's a chance that he can do his thing. Deonta Johnson with Mr. Trubisky, 6 for 57, uh, which, yeah. you know, for a regular receiver and quarterback would have been, you know, 9 for one forty right um so i i kind of feel like you know he'll be fine this week but like you said you know he needs to feel all warm and fuzzy inside so it's very possible that he doesn't end up doing his thing uh but i'm still starting him he's in my lineup definitely Devontae smith you know in the top 20 at number 18 he runs more than 70 percent of his routes away from trevon digg's side so, I think he will benefit from a ton of targets in this game, similar to what happened last week. And we just talked about that. And, and those two spots where he lines up from on most of his routes, which is the right perimeter and the slot, uh, those two spots happen to be very vulnerable to fantasy points this season uh, from the Cowboys. So, Trevon Diggs' side, he basically locks that up, right? Yeah. And then everywhere else, not so great.
1: Yeah, no, I hear it. That, that That's true. And Devontae Smith, like I said, I talked about this a little bit, and was it a couple episodes ago? Um, Devontae Smith has kind of been like a surprise favorite target for Jalen Hurts you know the first season that they really played together the whole season was last season 2021 and he didn't really jump off the stat sheet anytime he wasn't much of a fantasy asset but this year with AJ Brown you know maybe drawing some coverage he's been able to take advantage of the matchups that he's been getting and you know he looks really good, and I said he's been able to play in ways that we didn't really anticipate him to be able to play. Um, watching him moss guys was really weird. You know, being six foot one seventy, um, I took him as a route runner with a little bit of speed. He can. He's looks like the whole package for the Eagles. A very good receiver, guaranteed. Um, I think that this week, you know, he he's in for a pretty good game again because AJ Brown's probably like you said. I'm not sure if Trayvon Diggs is going to shadow him, but he's going to see majority of snaps against him. And um, outside yeah. of the one big play, and that's been Trayvon Diggs, you know kryptonite. Outside of the one big play last week, you know Cooper Cup was relatively quiet. He caught a couple passes, but um, if you take away that production, he would have been, I think, outside the top twelve.
0: It's possible, yeah. And, and you know, looking at Chris Godwin, number nineteen. I mentioned this with Mike Evans. This is a great matchup for Tampa wide receivers. So Chris Godwin, very solid play. Now he's had relatively modest games since his return. Um, But I feel like he's going to continue continually improve, um, you know, get hit the feet under him, you know, coming off the hamstring injury, but also coming off that ACL. Right. Um, Yeah. Tampa has allowed. I'm sorry, not Tampa. Pittsburgh has allowed the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. So, you know, Chris Godwin has another chance to, to pop off and have have his breakout, you know, 2022 game.
1: Yeah, and this is a spot to have it, like we said about Mike Evans earlier, and I kind of alluded to Chris Godwin. You know, with Tom Brady at quarterback, you're going to be just fine. But this is a matchup that is, you know, good for everybody on the Buccaneers' offense. I would look more for the passing game players to be involved. Um, you know, have better games outings this week than the guys like Leonard Fournette, Rashad White. But um, yeah, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I think Chris Godwin, if he could get his hands on a touchdown grab, uh, he he'll be a really nice start for you this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes through with like a solid. You think it happens? He gets in the that end zone. Uh, if eight if he goes like eight for eighty in a touchdown, I think that would be nice to see. I think that's well within his range of outcomes.
0: For sure. Um, and that's what we're looking for. Um yeah. you know, honestly, if he if he had if he caught a touchdown in either of the last two games, he would have been probably like a top fifteen finish, you know. Yeah. I have Keenan Allen here at twenty. Um, he's back in practice, he's getting in limited sessions. Unfortunately, I have a feeling that he'll be a game day decision and the Chargers play Denver on Monday night. So, number one, it's a tough matchup, right? But it's Keenan Allen. Um, yeah. I, I know I know. if I know that he's going to be playing, I'm going to have him in my lineup. Um, but, you know, him playing on Monday night obviously complicates things. So, I know I'm going to get a whole lot of questions between now and Sunday saying like, hey, should I wait on Keenan Allen or should I play this guy? I would say, like if we have no information on Keenan, unless Keenan Allen gets a full practice today on Friday, which I doubt he will um mm. saturday also remember this is a monday night game so instead of looking at wednesday thursday and friday you look at thursday friday and saturday for the practices um yeah. so if he gets a full in you'll, you you kind of have some fairly good confidence that like he's going to play so i would wait on it um if he continues to get limiteds in and they're going to call him a game time decision and you're truly not going to find out on monday if you have a good option on sunday like i'd probably just play the good option you know because yeah. Is it possible that he plays a limited snap count? Probably. Is it possible that he comes in and aggravates? Possibly. Is it possible that he just doesn't play? <laughs> yeah. Like, so there's a couple, you know, scenarios here where, like, you know, can he come out and have a great game? Sure. But this is a tough, tough defense too. So it's like you have a few reasons that you you have a few reasons here to say like, all right, you know what? I have a good option here. In I don't know, like I don't know, pick a guy. Um, you know, good, you option. Have a good option. How about?
1: Would like a Brandon Ayuk qualify for that? No, no, <laughs> I don't think so. That's the thing, uh, that's a, like a, that's where I was drawing the line. I was gonna say, like, for yeah. example, you know, if you have, I have like Brown, a Isaiah McKenzie, yeah.
0: Isaiah McKenzie, you know, these type of guys, like, I would just play those guys, you know, over Keenan Allen, but maybe Isaiah McKenzie is too good of an option. Maybe, um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Ronda Moore, guys like that, like, I would play over Keenan Allen I, I, if I did, didn't know that he was gonna be playing.
1: If you had to, I don't wanna say bet. But what's your gut feeling with Keenan Allen? You think he's going to play?
0: I think he's going to play. Yeah, I think he's going to play. I he think he's going to yesterday. play, too. Yeah, yeah. I think that, he's going to
1: play. So I think I would end up giving my vote of confidence to Keenan Allen that he's going to play and leave him in. You know, I, I mean, unless you really have a standout play behind him. You know, I, I think I'm leaving Keenan Allen in. Okay. Okay. Cool.
0: So, yeah. So, let's hope that he plays this week. Um, I know I've been waiting for him for the longest. Yeah, In a right. couple of weeks. Well, um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I had Curtis Samuel at twenty-one. Uh, that didn't work out so great. I mean, like, I mean, he's not a, he's not top fifteen, but still, like you know, we talked about it already. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Mike Williams at twenty-two. <laughs> uh, who, who are you playing this week? You you're playing Mike Williams or Keenan Allen? Obviously, you probably don't have both. But if you had to yeah. rank one above the other, would you have Mike Williams ahead of Keenan Allen this week?
1: No, I'd put I'd put Keenan Allen ahead of him
0: because okay.
1: when Keenan yeah. Allen's on the field, we see Mike Williams kind of do the disappearing act. He doesn't you know, catch many passes. You know, if he does catch a pass, um, it's probably a deep pass. Uh, he turns into almost like the guy beneath that we have ranked beneath him, like a Gabe Davis, I think. When I was you thinking have, the same thing. When you have Keenan Allen on the field.
0: I have Gabe Davis at 23 here. I have him ahead of Michael Pittman, one spot ahead of Michael Pittman. Pittman's matchup isn't amazing. The Jaguars have defended wide receivers pretty well. And, and Pittman can still get it done and he'll be in my lineup. But Gabe Davis against Kansas City, you know, it, it's just tough not to have him in the lineup, especially after last week. Kansas City has given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks, and this is going to be a shootout, and this is Josh Allen here, right? So they yeah. already have been giving up the most fantasy points to, to to wide receivers over the last four weeks. Now you got Josh Allen coming in. You got Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, all these guys coming in. Now, yeah. it, you know, it's a situation where, you're like, you know, Gabe Davis just went off last week. Mm. You and can probably want to put him in line up this week.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you have to remember, Gabe Davis is now revisiting the team that put him on the fantasy map for this season, the team that he owes probably most of his fantasy notoriety to uh, for this season. And he, you know, he capitalized on it last week. But this is, you know, the Chiefs and the and the Bills. Like I said, the matchup everyone had circled on their calendar going into the season. Um, it's hard to envision Gabe Davis not getting at least a few looks. I think his volume might be a little bit. Um, more pronounced this week than in other weeks, just because I don't think this is going to be a, you know, a a tough game to get through offensively. I think they're going to be throwing the ball. It's going to be high scoring, like you said. Um, It's, this is like that territory where it's just like, start everybody. You have the matchup that works. It's just, that's what you do. Gabe Davis, even though he is a bit of a home run hitter, he could be a little bit inconsistent. You know, the upside in this one is massive, as we saw um, in the playoffs last season and last week. Um, he's always liable to have that type of game. And that's why I have trouble keeping out of my lineup, even after a bunch of down weeks.
0: For sure. Uh, So we have Michael Pittman at 24 T Higgins at 25. And again, I have him this low because he's dealing with an ankle injury. Apparently he aggravated it last week in that game and he's yet to practice this week. So just keep an eye on him and his practice status on Friday. Uh, If he does play, like I probably will play him. Like after I saw what the Seahawks were able to do against new Orleans. So He'll yeah. probably be in my lineup. And you know, him being at 25 only has to do with the fact that he's a little bit banged up right now. Otherwise, he'll probably be in the teens somewhere. Yeah. Um, let's see. I had McLaurin at 26, Deontay Johnson at 27. He runs most of his routes uh against Jamel. He's gonna run most of his routes against Jamel Dean on the left side, but he does move around a bit. Uh and everywhere else, the Bucks have seemed have seen seem to be pretty vulnerable um to fantasy points. So there's a chance that he does have a good game. I assume that he's going to get his targets 4 double digit targets in five games this year. Um, you know, I think that it's possible that he does end up having a good game with, with Kenny Pickett, even though this might seem like a tough matchup on paper.
1: Yeah. And you know, the Bucks defense, you know, they had the, I forget who they played against where they got the score run up on them. They got beat bad. Who was it? I forget, but the Bucks defense doesn't look like it did the first few weeks of the season. Um, needless to say. So I think that, this is even though it's a tough matchup, it's an upgraded Chiefs. matchup. The Chiefs, yeah, okay, that's what it's Chiefs. Who else but the Chiefs? But um, of course. So the Chiefs hung was forty-one on him. Now it's going mm-hmm. back to me. But um, you know, this isn't the Bills' defense in Buffalo. This is now a step down in defensive production. I think um, a, a better matchup for Kenny Pickett and Deontay Johnson. Um, and this time at home, uh, I think Deontay Johnson has a chance to you know reestablish himself as a solid fantasy wide receiver after a couple of down weeks this week even though you know it might be a little bit of catch up they'll be they might be playing a little bit of catch up again with the bucks i think this is a better matchup for him though
0: jacoby myers made his way into the top 30 at number 28 this week after what he was able to do in his couple of healthy games this year uh very encouraging that he was able to do what he did with bailey zap last week so you know i think you can continue to start him i have dj Moore here at 29 uh this is higher than i would have ranked him uh if if Bacon Baker Mayfield, Mayfield was still under center. But PJ Walker is going to be out there this week. And he has received a 24% target share from PJ Walker uh, when they've been on the field together. So let's hope that happens this week. Uh Moore does run most of his perimeter routes on the left side. And that's where the Rams have been the most vulnerable this year. Uh so maybe he has a good game this week.
1: Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, you can only cross your fingers and hope for the best. Um, <laughs> what, 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 were we saying?
0: what were we saying yesterday uh, with these players? Like, I hope he scores.
1: Yeah, you said. Um, I forgot. We said about someone. I, th- I think it was Jeff like, Wilson. Yeah, Jeff Wilson. I hope he scores. It's like you could say that about every single player. Oh, <laughs> um, what's his name? <laughs> oh, Stefan oh. Diggs. I hope he scores. Uh, <laughs> Chris McCaffrey. I hope he scores. Yeah, you can say that about anybody. But this, nobody, more, nobody needs to have a score to really just lighten things up for their owners uh fantasy managers and dj Moore. you know that's what it's been this whole season it's just been sad you see the talent i I don't know if you saw the one post someone said that dj Moore needs to hold out at this point because (laughs) he's just getting terrible qb play and it's really just uh, it's like throwing his whole career under the bus right now it's terrible and then going back like you said about jacoby myers um he's actually averaging i think 17 points a game when he's on the field so just a little nugget there uh he's actually very good Uh, so far this season. And like you said, with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi at quarterback. So regardless of who's starting there, it'll be fine.
0: I have Drake London here at 30 uh, and I'm just praying, honestly, like it's not a great (laughs) matchup for him, uh, but his worst, his worst opponent is his head coach. So let's move on with that. Let's just move on to tight ends. It just gets me upset. Uh, I have Mark Andrews here at number one. I have Kelsey at number two. Buffalo held Mark Andrews to two catches for 15 yards in week four. Uh, so that's why I don't have Kelsey at number one after his four-touchdown performance last week. Um, yeah. But I have Ertz at three. Uh, Seattle has been terrible against tight ends. Um, now, let me ask you a question. If, if you yeah. had to choose between Kelsey and Andrews as being your tight end for the season, like who who would you rather have? for the whole season. Yeah, like if you had to if you could choose like hey, I have Kelsey for this season or Andrews, like who would you rather have like right now after
1: 5 weeks? I would have to go at this point right now Travis Kelsey. And and that's just because, you know, we saw and you know, it's easy to say, "Oh yeah, he has the upside" after he just scored four touchdowns on 25 yards receiving. You know, it's easy to say he has the upside that way. But I think that's what you have with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, Lamar Jackson can throw the ball, don't get me wrong. But Travis Kelsey doesn't really put up duds. Sometimes Mark Andrews has duds. And Travis Kelsey is clearly the number 1 in his offense. Mark Andrews is clearly number 1 in his offense too. But this is Travis Kelsey being the number 1 in his offense that is completely, you know, passing game geared and Mark Andrews being the number 1 in his offense when it's based a lot around the run. Um there's a it's like very minute different things, like nuances separating the two. They're both very good and you can make a case for either of them, but for me personally, I'd go with Travis Kelsey.
0: I get that. I get that. So Zach at number three. And like I mentioned, the matchup is amazing for him. Uh, Dallas got us at four. Tyler Higby, you know, at five, he's going to get his targets like he does every week, you know, against Carolina. It doesn't really matter the matchup, it seems like at this point. David Njoku at number six. He's been extremely solid over the last three weeks. 89 yards receiving, 73 yards receiving, and 88 yards receiving. Um, And that's what you want to see from your tight end. Uh, the yeah. Patriots, you know, they gave up a game, a big game to Mark Andrews. They also ended up shutting TJ Hawkinson down last week. So like somewhere in between, hopefully David Njoku can do his thing. Uh, but as of right now, he's an every week tight end. Let me ask you this. Would you put David Njoku over Tyler Hippie in a full PPR league?
1: I not this week. I don't think okay. I, I'm. it's a tough matchup in New England. You know, they've kind of gone both ways with tight ends. But, you know, I look at. You know, David Njoku right now. He's a solid receiver. He's very good, but um, Tyler Higby. I think I, if you talk about full PPR, Tyler Higby's gonna be catching passes, and he's just gonna be catching passes. And he'll be catching passes after the game's over. You know, from Matthew Stafford, just like Cooper Cup's going to be. So I look at Tyler Higby's matchup as much better than it was last week against Dallas. Carolina is not a very good team. I could see them going up, and t- Tyler Higby. He. Look, we talked about how he's not, you know, like this supreme talent, but the volume is there enough that I think that Tyler Higbee is a better play this week than David Njoku. And because I said that now, David Njoku is going to go for like three touchdowns. (laughs) So we'll we'll see how it goes. But I I think that Tyler Higbee is a better play this week.
0: I think so. I I think he has one of the highest floors uh, among these tight ends. Uh, George Kittle, you know, he is improving super slowly. (laughs) But he (laughs) he definitely, he hasn't looked like the same George Kittle this year, right? Since coming back. You know, looking great, like three catches. He's averaging 3.7 catches for 33 yards this year. Not looking so good. Are you like looking at George Kittle? Like, if you had George Kittle, are you trying to make improvements there? Or are you just hoping that he ends up, you know, finding his way?
1: You have to hope. And I just attribute that completely to the field that you're working with. You're not going to be able to move George Kittle for any guy like Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. And I don't even consider Tyler Higbee in that group of guys that you're confident starting. Outside of that, like we said, it's just a complete crapshoot this season at tight end. So, you know, maybe... Let me ask you this. Re- if you had George Kittle, would
0: you add a little bit to that package and maybe trade for David Njoku or Tyler Higbee? Or are you hoping that Kittle eventually finds that ceiling and ends up being the guy?
1: Yeah, I'd hope that he eventually finds the ceiling and okay. is the guy. I think that George Kittle definitely has it in him. It's just been a weird year so far. Um, you know, the 49ers are all... F- the 49ers offense is operating under a very similar license as the Cowboys right now, just relying on a defense, and they don't have to put up a bunch of uh, scores or yards. So maybe you could contribute – you could say game scripts are contributing a little bit for George Kittle. I, I like George Kittle still as a player. He's very talented. I, that's why I'm going to keep him on my team. I don't I don't think the payoff is enough to go after a guy like David Najok or Tyler Higbee who really aren't that good in their own right. They're just kind of elevated right now because everyone else is down here. And by down here, you can't uh, see if you're listening to the podcast right now, but everybody else is so far, so much further below. There's so much uh, disparity between the production outside the top four or five tight ends. Um, I don't think it would be worth it to try and move up from him. I just keep him.
0: Taysom Hill is the upside play, right? I have him here at number eight. You know, expect either a zero or a great game. Um, And if you don't have a good tight end, uh, just play Hill. For the upside um and yeah. he'll be in there in quarterback packages and running back packages in the red zone especially I think with Jameis still kind of banged up even if he does end up playing it's possible if they still use Taysom Hill in some sort of capacity um would you play Taysom Hill or George Kittle this week Taysom Hill. you have both Taysom Hill okay I, I would, would say play Taysom, Taysom Hill, just Hill because. and, and is he with the highest he would go here is seven in front of George Kittle yeah
1: yeah. Okay. And, and that's the highest I would put it. But I think that Taysom Hill. Um, you look at the way these other tight ends are producing, and you think, okay, the only way way they're going to produce is through the air. Taysom Hill, they're going to use him so many different ways. Like we saw it last week, the ceiling. It's easy to rave about that. You can't expect it every week, but it might it might not be three touchdowns running and one touchdown passing, but it might be a touchdown running, a touchdown receiving, or a touchdown passing. He's good. He's he's good for a touchdown in a lot of games this season. So I think that, you know, that kind of beats out what a lot of competition has to offer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I hear that, man. Uh, We have Pat Frymuth here at number nine. If he can clear concussion protocol, we'll get more reward on that, but just keep in mind that he, he, he does have a bit of a concussion history. Um, Gerald Everett is here at 10. He didn't come through last week, but it was, you know, it really was his only week where he didn't come through. Um, So it's possible that, you know, he could find his footing again. Hayden Hurst, he came through last week. He's at number 11, uh, and Irv Smith is at number twelve. Irv Smith's route participation did go up uh, to seventy percent this week. So if you're desperate at tight end, he might be available in your leagues. Uh, I think he's a better play this week than he was like a couple weeks ago because he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't getting that route participation. Um, yeah,
1: right. In order to produce, you have to, you know, be running routes.
0: 100 <laughs> so, percent and yeah a guy a guy who was who has been running a ton of routes and has been getting a full route participation is evan ingram um had yeah. him here at 13 and last week was really the first week he kind of came through he did score touchdowns before but like this was the first week where he was you know really getting targeted uh we'll see if that continues i doubt it because christian kirk still didn't get his targets last week and i would expect yeah. him to get them first um you know and then like you really have like the what the heck like after this, right? It's like Dawson Knox at yeah. fourteen, followed by Robert Tunyon, Will Disley. And like you mentioned, the 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 matchup right against Arizona, you know, if yeah. DK Metcalf is truly locked up in that game, and if they have uh you know, if they're double teaming him, it's possible that Disley it does open things up for Disley, especially if Ty Lockett is out in that game.
1: And Geno uh, Smith has yeah. been targeting tight ends. You know, Will Disley's had touchdowns in a few games. Geno Smith likes throwing him. So that's one thing that you don't yep. really see on a stat sheet. But Gino Smith, he's looking early and often for Will Disley. Um, I I think that's you know worth noting. I might put him over Robert Cunyon. Um okay. if these were my rankings, but yep. they're not. So
0: <laughs> well, they can be, man. You can have some. You can have some of these rankings if you want I me. Mean, I'll share. Uh, yeah. I got no problem. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Where where, uh, want, where do you want to put Disley, bro? Where do you want to put him? You want to put him at 15?
1: I, I, I put him at 15. It's a very subtle change, you know. But definitely He's at one 15 that... now.
0: He's at 15 yeah. now. Let it, let, it,
1: let it be known throughout the land let that he well, has moved <laughs> one spot above Robert Tunyon in the upper hand fantasy tight end rankings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hunter Henry, I have him here uh, at 17. Um, I'm going to put him over Robert Tunyon as well. So the, Robert Tunyon is down at 17. Um, All right. Hunter Henry, you know he can be a pretty good play if John Smith ends up missing again this week. He had a near full wrap participation last week with John Lewis Smith missing, so keep an eye on that. Everybody is practicing for the Patriots on a limited basis. We have no idea who's going to play and who's not, so it's anybody's yeah. guess at this point. We have no idea if if John Smith has a serious injury or not. We have no idea if Damian Harris has a serious injury or not. Because they're all going to practice at some 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 in some capacity. Bill Belichick has this down to a science. Like he knows what the minimum a player needs to do in order for them to count as, as being a limited participant. Um, oh, yeah. Cole Komet played
1: last night. Uh <laughs> did not get targeted very much. I think he had three. No, targets. he did not. No, he didn't. The thing did about Justin uh, Fields throwing is, you know, a lot of people had Cole Komet as like the guy, like, Oh yeah, he's gonna be the guy for Justin Fields when he throws the ball. That hasn't really been the case. Justin Fields' been targeting receivers, and that's about it you know, very limited. And it's amazing because his
0: receivers that. are trash. Like, yeah. outside of Darnell Mooney, like Dante Pettis, <laughs> yeah, Vilas Jones. It's kind of hilarious to me that people thought Vilas Jones was going to be good in the NFL. Like, and he yeah. had that bad fumble on the special teams and listen, mm-hmm. like, when these, like, older wide receivers come in, like, he was only 26 years old coming into the league, it's not going to work out. Okay? just yeah. want to say that.
1: It, anyway. it's, it's also worth noting, you know, you talk about the receivers being really bad. It's like, one of the St. Brown brothers. We know a monitor St. Brown's very good. So, how you got to feel? Like, how you got to feel if you're is it St. Brown? Yeah. Equinemius. How
0: you yeah. got to
1: feel if you're buried on the depth chart in a team that doesn't pass the ball at all? You know, and your brother's all up, I, over there. All I just, know. Right.
0: All I know is that if I'm equanimous, like I am doing whatever I can to like mimic exactly what Amara's training is. Like, I'm going to do yeah. everything the same. I'm going to try to get there. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I think to, they're your, def- your brother's doing it.
1: Yeah. I think they're built a little bit differently if you look at him on the field. Just <laughs> no, the true. eye test, he's a little bit bigger. Yeah. You know, I don't think that he's quite as fast. But, um, you know, I i think that he could have a role in the offense. He should be—he ha- should have a role over Vilas Jones or whatever. And Dante Pettis, I don't know what the heck that is. He's been a journeyman. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's interesting. I'm just looking at that. You know, Justin Fields, hyper-targeting receivers. Um, and he might, and this is completely off topic, but with Justin Fields, you know, he's actually looked fantasy relevant the past two weeks. So you might be able if if anybody panic dropped him, you might be able to just like pick him up on the low.
0: Who are you talking about right now?
1: Justin Fields? Justin Fields. Yeah. Cause Dude, a lot of people. Yeah.
0: I love how you brought it back to Justin Fields. I know you have him on this roster, but it doesn't, it's okay, man. Like it doesn't mean that he's going to be good this year. Okay. I, no, I'm just I'm I'm t- just
1: I, <laughs> I think I was the one, I think I called him, was it him or someone else? I think it was Justin Fields that I called uh, this year's Jalen Hurts. Um, obviously this hasn't been the case so far, but you know, if he could throw it a little bit and look a little bit better, I think that he has the capability to have that similar type of production. It just hasn't shown up yet. He's a little banged up now, too. I think.
0: I, I'm a big dude. I'm a fan of Justin, Justin Fields, man. I want him to do well. I'm rooting for the guy. Yeah. I just feel like he's in a terrible situation right now. And just like looking at him on the field, you know, he's just so sad. You know, yeah. like after every like bad throw or like every like drop pass or he's just like sad you well, know and it's like and even after the after the game it was just like i'm tired of like sucking you know that's yeah. basically what he said you know well, and i'm tired of coming in last
1: with, with the thing with justin fields they were talking about on the broadcast last night that like he does his yoga thing where he breathes in and out to like keep himself <laughs> calm i guess and they kept I they showed that. him on the sideline doing that and it's like man that, it, things are really just real right now in Chicago um seriously th- man
0: like uh, the man has to do yoga on the field and do breath work
1: in order for him to stay calm right <laughs> <laughs> well the other thing too it was funny because if you watch a broadcast last night they had every time they cut to Justin Fields after a play he'd be down on the ground just like that's exactly it yeah. like he was just like hurting you could tell was he terrible. was hurting man
0: he was and after the game he said I'm hurting pretty bad yeah um you know, just want to quickly say Cameron Brait, he should be back this week, uh, you know, and then Mo Ali Cox. I haven't met number 20, uh, but Cameron brake could be a pickup, you know, if you're desperate at tight end because Tom yeah. Brady was targeting him before he got hurt, uh, you know, before the two weeks he got hurt before. So just wanted to bring that up. But that's it. That's all we mm-hmm. got, guys. Um, you know, we'll, you know, just stay up to date with my Instagram stories. I should be going over if anything pops up over the next day or two. There's not a whole lot of injuries going into this week in terms of like what we know and what we don't know. We know for the most part, most of the stuff that's happening, unless unless some guys end up popping up on the injury report today. But other than that, it's not a whole, it's not a big injury week. Um, yeah. So, so, so we'll see what happens going into the, into the weekend, but th- stay up the day with my Instagram, Upperhand fantasy. If you want my full rankings, go to patreon.com slash upper fantasy, and you'll be able to get the full rankings there, including flex rankings. Um, that's going to be going up later today. But, yeah, I think we're good, guys. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend and, uh, you know, good luck this week. Uh, I'll be going live on Instagram uh, starting at 1030 a.m. Eastern time. And I'll be going live all the way up until 1230 for two hours on Instagram. So we'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. Peace.